<laughs> On this episode, we watched a movie called The Choice. Which do you choose? Watch this movie or don't watch this movie? <laughs> Are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. Hey, I'm Hallie Haglund. Hey, what the? She's back. You're not Elliot. <laughs> the star of the Flop House is back. Oh, I killed Elliot and okay. ate him. <laughs> wow. And now you have his powers. Mm-hmm. In, in one sitting? That was his deepest power, right? Just knowing how to sing that song. Adjusting your suspenders, which is what you're doing there, I think? Or were you adjusting a cape? Um, you guys, I'm just here to fill in for Elliot. He's actually totally fine. I don't know what he's doing, but he texted me, so I don't think he's that busy. Yeah, he was like, have a good taping tonight. And I'm like, well, uh... You can you, if you can use your thumbs, then you can tape a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's stuck in a kiddie pool full of uh, I don't know, like cozy pee. pudding or something, or pee. Cozy pudding. Yeah, isn't that a brand? Cozy. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at Google, Dan. I'm gonna wrap myself up like, in a bag of cozy pudding. <laughs> I mean, the I was name like, is sounds that like tapioca. I guess maybe that's cozier than other puddings. The yeah. cozy's the brand name, although I guess it could also be the descriptor. <laughs> mm, it's gonna be so warm when I'm inside that pudding. I mean, not initially, but it warms up. Yeah. I mean, there's no real pudding that's cozing these days, you guys. No. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> About Bill Cosby. Oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> I should have picked it's up topical. on your should have picked up on your subtle facial cues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, Cosby smart. Yeah. Um, so okay, so there's Elliot. No real, no. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. It was like he was in I the room stepped, for a second. Yeah, I almost stepped all over that impression. <laughs> I was checking my drink for roofies. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. No, short- I roofied myself just to get in character, just so you guys know. Uh, no, sorry. Please continue. <laughs> this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Mm hmm. Um, As you can see, one of our regular hosts, uh, Elliot Kalin, is, is on dead. A, he's dead. I was going to say on a sabbatical of one episode. Yeah. <laughs> but he could back. also be dead. He um, could be by the time we record this podcast. God, that would be the worst thing. That'd yep. be so sad. Yep. It's we like the Gary Shandling um, comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh, really? What happened? It was like filmed very, like, very near to his death, and he was like, the title is literally like Gary Shandling. At least I'm still alive. It's really? not funny, but yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, so man, rough. Okay, right at the top, we're talking about comedian deaths, <laughs> and I guess comedian rapes. <laughs> yeah. So wow, let's uh, <laughs> so only up here <laughs> as Hallie eats one of her martini olives. So, so, so normally, what we do on this here podcast is we watch a movie and then we talk about it. And what did we watch tonight, guys? We watched a movie called The Choice, which uh, we gave Hallie the decision. The, the final, choice. The choice. 
of like what we would watch tonight uh-huh. because she was the guest. Mm-hmm. And I was. And so we could have someone to blame. I was rattling off different titles. And she's like, The Choice, what's that? And I was like, It's a Nicholas Sparks movie. And her face lit up. Yep. Like a spark. <laughs> you didn't even get to say all of Sparks before a hand covered your mouth and said, Shut up, let, we're watching this one. <laughs> um, Nicholas Sparks, of course, known for movies like The Notebook. Oh, books, books turn into movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Notebook, where, uh, as I understand it. Yeah, what happens in that one? That's the big one, right? Alzheimer's derails a romance. There's a romance for the ages. You're pretending like you didn't see The Notebook. You've seen The Notebook. I've I've seen little bits of pieces of The Notebook. Oh, it's coming out a little... Bit by bit. <laughs> yeah, no, Dan didn't have time to watch the notebook. He I was too busy watching it. Terminator 2 and Rachel McAdams and uh, Ryan Gosling. That's Ryan how Gosling. they fell in love. And then old Ryan Gosling is James Garner. I don't know who old. Uh, it's like Maggie Smith or something. It's, it's not, not Maggie, Maggie Smith. Smith. Uh, wh- who's the. Uh, Judy Dench. No, uh, it's not Black Dinner either, but it's like one of those people. Yeah. Angie Oldington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably that. Um, so that's one. We watched Safe Haven for this podcast, which was the one that's where another Nicholas Sparks. A, a ghost tells the lady to date date her husband. Oh yeah, there was a ghost in that. That's why when we were watch, about to watch this one, I'm like, at least there's going to be a fucking ghost in it, right? Yeah. You like a real spook 'em up? Yeah, yeah. So that it's both scary and a little bit lovely. I kept thinking we were having moments of ghosts, but it was just like slow fade-ins to different scenes. But they like left the images on the screen like just a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to see a ghost every October. so <laughs> I want to see a ghost every month. <laughs> I think you're just seeing ghosts wherever you, wherever you want to see them. Uh, but what's this movie about? Yeah, what is this movie about? Um, so smash cut to the opening of this movie (laughs) and we see, uh, we hear somebody, is it Tom Wilkinson? Somebody's doing a narration as we see the main dude. It's the, let's call him. Is it the main dude? Yeah. Yeah. Travis. Yeah. Let's call him Travis. Travis handsome bones. Oh, he is handsome and pretty bony. Uh huh. He's I mean, to be fair, when we started watching it, we were watching it with that weird screen feature. So he looked a lot bonier than he <laughs> yeah, turned out Yeah, he looked to be. really stretched out, like <laughs> one of the grays. I asked Hallie what she thought of our romantic lead at one point, and she, and she was like, he's okay. He's no, a little pretty. To mm-hmm. be fair, that was before you changed the setting of the screen. Yeah, for so me, was I was he like, less pretty when no, I changed yeah, it? Yeah, he was definitely more attractive. Or maybe I just got to know him, and I just saw how much he loved his wife. And yeah. At first, I was like, oh, he's like slender man i love him <laughs> yeah i don't know what the problem was but amazon prime you gotta switch up your uh presets or whatever because my normal television looked totally normal and then i put on the choice and everyone looked all squish heads <laughs> wait what part squished it's on the sides right yeah okay so are are you telling the listeners to change their presets or are you mm-hmm. admonishing amazon yeah, I'm telling them to dial into their menu button mm-hmm. and go to picture goodness. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which you were doing optimum. Yeah, you did that a couple times throughout the the movie, and it's, we lost a couple of scenes and set the squishiness to zero mm-hmm. yeah. and the awesomeness to twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, 
Only maxed out. No metal sliders. <laughs> That's the the maximum is twelve. Mm-hmm. So we uh, so the movie begins with a voiceover about choice and how life is made up of little choices and some other shit. And then we have our hero, uh, Handsome Bones, riding around on a fan boat in uh, <laughs> in Florida. And- and he's got, uh, you know, kind of like not really long not hair, in but Florida. like, isn't he in South or North Carolina? Oh yeah, you're right. It's probably North Carolina because it's it has all of the prettiness of Florida, but none of the grossness. It's like Outer Banks or something. It's a very romantic setting. Well, it's tough for me to place it because every time they do a shot of like landscape or anything, it feels so tight like they have only this tiny little window that they can shoot because if you look a little bit to the right oh wow Archie doesn't like my description if you look to the right or the left at all you're gonna see like construction <laughs> or like <laughs> people in like American flag uh, short shorts or something yeah <laughs> there's gonna be yeah there's gonna something be that ruins the there's mystique there's gonna be a guy with a belly shirt going <laughs> hey y'all <laughs> yep so <laughs> They're mostly just still cleaning up from Hurricane Katrina. Oh, <laughs> bring man. it back down. Yeah. With your Cosby uh, and your Hurricane I Katrina. I just want to keep us grounded because <laughs> we got pretty romantic in the movie. And I just want you guys to know that's not what real life is like. <laughs> yep. So every time we peek, we got to back off a little bit with talk about uh, tragedies. So we have a uh, handsome youngling riding around in his fan boat. Uh, yeah. And he's a man on a mission. He snatches up to get ladies. (laughs) Yep. We think as he snatches up some flowers, heads into a hospital. And at this point, I'm like, we got boats. We got a place that I thought was Florida. We got a hospital. We got prime Nicholas Sparks material, right? Yeah. Uh, And there's a he has a brief interaction with a handsome, almost equally handsome doctor. Handsome in a different way. And that (laughs) he's beefier. Yeah, he's, he's like little, he's yeah. Got, he's like a big slab of man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even stretched out, I was like, he's pretty beefy. I mean, he's not beefy. Just he's good. Yeah. All right. He's normal. I don't shape. know why you want a body shape. Well, what I was I was trying to say is if No, he's like a good stew. It's like a delicious stew. Yeah, it's man. like a delicious version of me. <laughs> if you took I feel like if you were making a cartoon with these two guys, Handsome Bones and the Doctor. Yeah. Uh Handsome Bones would ease definitely be a talking hot dog character and the doctor would be a talking hamburger. Yeah. I mean it's pretty obvious. That's fair. I agree. Um, the doctor would be have his voice would be Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I think of when I devour a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, like, mm, I'm eating a delicious Patrick Warburton. I'm actually pretty sure that that actor was on um, 90210, The College Years. Okay. Yeah. Wait, which one? The guy who played the doctor. Okay. Yeah, I think he was like the frat guy that um, Tori, Spelly, Tori Spelling dated before she... Um, Who'd she end up with on that show? Because in real life, she ended up with... Someone else. Uh, <laughs> Wait, in the show, she with, ended up with Brian Austin Green, with right? David, David Silver. Wait, is that Brian Austin Green? Yes. Okay. Um, but n- yeah, uh, but on the show in in real life, she ended. She wound up with that guy who hosts like Canadian Top Chef or something. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian He's, Top Chef. It's all poutine. It's all one hundred percent poutine <laughs> yep. base. 
Like, no, not Canadian. Canadian chopped. That's what I meant. All right. Okay. I'm poutine. Gonna, poutine. Basically, throw that I'm poutine saying, out. <laughs> it's garbage. You're gonna get a lot of letters about every fact I just said in the last. Uh, well, not that many letters. Not that many people like this show. But everybody uh, likes facts. Who watch this show? <laughs> everybody likes facts. Yep. People are yelling into their pod players right now. <laughs> no, that's wrong. It was Canadian chopped dummies. <laughs> Um, and we are dummies, but our hero, Hot Dog, is not a dummy uh, yeah. because we go backwards in time uh, because at this point that's such a great bookend. Like, I just want to see my phone. That's now all I'm right. obsessed about if that was the Beverly Hills. So framing device is done. Our hero is now hanging out with his buddies on a boat again in a marina, and he's hitting on some babes, some mm-hmm. blonde babes in bikinis. Uh, he's showing off how he's like the cool guy friend and his buddies are just uh, they're just chilling. They're kind of like basically being like a little bit of a peanut gallery and also kind of analyzing his maneuvers yeah. and skills. They're like, oh, dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> yep, which is weird because he owns a dirty dog who we'll meet later. The dog doesn't actually get that dirty until the end because it won't swim. That's why he always has to carry him. Oh, no. I didn't pay that close attention. Yeah. So, uh, Hot Dog uh, gets uh, stolen away from these babes with a third babe, played by uh, who? Teresa Palmer. Teresa Palmer. I think, is that right? Mm-hmm. No, she, I was talking about his high school girlfriend. But oh, we okay. can, uh, yeah, I mean, all the babes uh, get. Alexandra Daddario. Yep, Daddario. Daddario. Oh, named yeah. after the guitar strings. The mm-hmm. Dodaro guitar strings. <laughs> yep. Which and is, the uh, popular chain of pizza restaurants <laughs> called Pizzeria's here. <laughs> yeah. um, so he, we basically learn a little backstory. This guy is kind of a, kind of a lady, lady killer, uh, but not really. He doesn't actually kill any ladies. Um, and he loves partying with his buddies. <laughs> a much more interesting movie if that was what it was. It was a romance where one of the guys is like a lady murderer and they have to get over. That's the that's the hitch that they have to get over. She's like, could you just stop murdering other ladies? I mean, he certainly makes faces as if he's putting together an audition reel for American Psycho, the musical. Yeah. Wait, you guys, that was yeah. not from 90210 at all. But okay. that was Superman from Smallville. What? Yeah. What? Tom Welling? Mm-hmm. What? Really? Mm-hmm. He's oh. beefed up. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't think he actually looks. He looked familiar. I mean, not familiar enough for me to actually know who he was, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, I mean, like I'm. Not, I really don't actually want to body shame anyone, but he just looks much bigger than he used to. I mean, let's admit that other Superman guy got way fatter. Oh, Dean Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Well, he was time, like, time makes monsters of us all. <laughs> He was hosting Ripley's Believe It or Not, and he was like, can you believe how fat I've gotten? (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Nope, we believe it. Sorry, Dean Kane. Don't you have any Christian action movies you can star in? And he's like, I'm too fat for those now. And then we all got sad. I feel like every time I come on this show, I body shame men. <laughs> and I feel like it's, it's fine. Like, Turnabout is fair play. No, yeah, I feel like it's important. I feel like someone is finally yep, willing to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Somebody finally stands up to the patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so back to, <laughs> uh, back to the plot. So yeah, we get we get we get a pretty quick setup uh, of, and by quick I mean it takes forever. 
where we discover our hero is uh, likes to hang out with his friends. He likes to play his music real loud, and his music entirely consists of like covers of uh, songs. Hangs out with his dog. He likes to barbecue. All this shit. And then we are introduced to his next door neighbor, who is a Amber Heard type. Uh, who is trying to study but can't because her next-door neighbor is partying all the time. And she's also frustrated because her dog's nipples are totally swollen. But also, whatever happened with that test? Because that was like an important test that she needed to take to like become a doctor. And she never took it, and then she never had any job after the when they were like buried yeah, in that you, montage. You jumped ahead a little bit, but they do get <laughs> married. Uh, they don't really address her career. <laughs> Uh, they don't mention when she's in a coma, for I instance. I didn't say who they were. <laughs> they don't mention when she's in a coma, like, she has to take a lot of time off of work while she's in this coma. But I'm, she's going to get fired because apparently she didn't follow through with her career. No, I'm saying, yeah, the unspoken message of this is if you want a man, if you want to keep a man, give up your medical mm-hmm. studying. One of your possible choices could be give up uh, your studies give up your teaching people to ride horses and uh, instead you'll get hit by a car in a rainstorm and be put in a coma for exactly as long as the movie okay. needs you to be. We are really giving away a lot mm-hmm. of the, we'll get around. We have to paint a picture before you drop these bombs on people. <laughs> well, and most of this movie feels like you're painting a picture. At least the first half hour feels like, I am flipping through a J crew catalog and I have like sad music playing in the background. And if somebody just sprayed salt water and, uh, in front of a fan by my face, I feel like I would be living this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, uh, everything's really, ex- Dan is really excited with this new gizmo he's playing with. Sorry, yeah, and by I, new gizmo, I'm not talking about the Mogwai. I'm talking about a little, I was looking at our backup recorder, which I don't think was working. That's, that's why I was, <laughs> Oh, now we're living on the edge without a backup. Yeah. Is it working now? No. What oh. if we'll, we'll check back in a couple of minutes? Okay. So we're just saying that uh, the movie opens with a, a ladies' man who just can't quite settle down and a bookish nerd lady who has a dog with swollen yeah. teats. Teresa Palmer, the aforementioned Teresa Palmer, who mm-hmm. you might remember from I'm Number Four. I didn't remember her. You might what remember her from, uh, what was the other one? That's a movie where a guy is a superhero. Oh, uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice was the other one she was in. Mm-hmm. Also didn't remember her in that either. That's this the one was with- really her breakout role then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this movie is super successful. Was it? I don't think so. <laughs> I never heard of it, that's for sure. Uh, so, of course, uh, Opposites Attract, like that song where the cat man has sex with uh, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul Abdul. Abdul. Uh, it's implied. It MC Catman. <laughs> uh, so, of course, our, our Teresa Palmer uh, nurse uh, lady. <laughs> she was not a nurse. Okay, so she doctor, right? She was like a med student. student. She so was and she was just doctor. interning. She yeah. wasn't okay. That makes she sense. She was resi- her that makes doing sense. her that residency. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so she, her boyfriend, played by uh, Superman, I guess, aka the Hamburger, uh, <laughs> uh, the Hamburglar. He, oh, he is. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, he says he says more than just robble robble in this yeah. movie. And he I mean, came he could probably afford to buy ham hamburgers rather than steal them. Oh, he could. He's a doctor. I'm yeah. pretty sure the hamburger can afford to buy hamburgers too. They're he just not does that it for expensive. the thrill. Exactly, he does it for the thrill. <laughs> the sexual thrill. It's not like he's wimpy or something. No, all right. Who lies Did and takes out know? IOUs? <laughs> Did you guys know if the hamburger takes off his mask, it's Winona Ryder? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> she, she just for, for the thrill. thrill. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and apparently much older than I thought. <laughs> and shorter. <laughs> Wait, is the, Wait, the Winona Ryder or the yeah. Hamburglar? I think they're of a size. He looks pretty big. I mean, he's like stands up pretty close to Gromit, right? Grimace? <laughs> Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, gr- next Gromit the, from Walsy yeah, the, the, Gromit. the claymation dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Grimace. Okay, so you're using Grimace, a giant like purple thing, as <laughs> your scale comparison. Originally, he was supposed well, to be like guy. a drop of a of a of a shake. That was what Grimace what was. What flavor shake is that? I don't know because they, they never had a purple shake. That's they why I must have had you. a purple shake. I don't think so. Okay. Well, he also was originally a villain. This is this is the Grimace trivia cast, but Grimace was originally a villain. That's why he was named Grimace. Uh, what was his like? What was his plan? What was his mo? I don't know, man. He wanted to. He was just an agent of chaos. That's yeah. like, but that's like such a sad villain name because it's such a specific feeling of like it's not even like evil. It's just like. Disgust and shame, but pity <laughs> yeah. and like it's such a sad feeling to yeah. grimace at something. Well, it's in a way, it's the opposite feeling that the owners of the McDonald's chain of restaurants wants you to experience when entering their restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have when you have intestinal distress. You have grimace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you're, I don't know, working at a McDonald's and have to deal with an annoying customer. Yeah. Or if you open your paycheck and you look at it. Oh, hot take. Political. (laughs) You guys are bringing a lot of politics into tonight's show. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So we have uh, Teresa Palmer's character named Gabby. Yeah. She and Hot Dog hit it off, but she's got a boyfriend. Her boyfriend goes on a business trip. That gives her plenty of time to let Hot Dog swoop in and sweep her off her feet. Did we say they were neighbors? Yeah. The, oh, oh okay. I, I, maybe I did. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, okay. they're neighbors, as in Next like, like in the hit film Neighbors Two, Sorority Rising. Except for they're not a sorority and they are not fighting each other. They're falling in love. So not really. I mean, like, I don't know. I haven't watched not Neighbors really like Two, the hit film Sorority Rising. Are you getting to recommendations early? Plus, <laughs> <Buzz and> marketing <laughs> Sorority Rising. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess that's one of the sponsors of this episode. That's hey, right. it's me, Seth Rogen. Come watch my movie, Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. I think that's the name. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Raves Dan McCoy. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it could be. Who knows? Not Any, me, anything, Seth Rogen, creator of the movie. Anything could happen. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't lock yourself into a box. So, of course, uh, uh, wait. Oh, yeah, we find out that our hero, uh, the hot dog, is also one of the two vets in this small town. Yeah. A town that can support two two vets. But which, we find that out because... How do we uh, find sorry. that out? Because remember how her dog was pregnant? And then she's like, I got to get him 
or she she's really mad because she thinks that he his dog made her dog pregnant. Yeah, which is a little bit of wishful thinking, don't you think? She's uh, like, yeah, she's trying to lock him down. Oh yeah, you think, <laughs> yep. you think she poked holes with a dog condom to lock him, lock yeah. him in? Well, dog diaphragm. I mean, come on, she doesn't have access to his dog rubbers, Dan. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, she takes him into the vet, and uh, the guy's like, uh, "My dog was fixed. You should know, as a doctor, that he doesn't have any testicles." And the girl that you thought was my girlfriend is in fact just kind of looks like my girlfriend because the girl you thought was my girlfriend is TV's Maggie Grace wearing a really big, thick, luscious wig. I just make her wear a wig to look like my girlfriend. (laughs) I make my sister wear a wig to look like my girlfriend. And it's the thickest, luscious wig. It's pretty great. Yeah. And Maggie Grace plays a sister... And she doesn't really bring much to the movie other than a baby warmth. later on. Uh, I guess. Incredible warmth. She brings that Maggie Grace feeling that, yeah, yeah. that you get out of Lost and Taken. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime our hero has a problem, she kind of just, like, floats in from the background and puts her hand on his shoulder. And she's like, I got your back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought she was in the room with us. (laughs) I was going to be like, watch out for Bill Cosby. Hallie's Hallie's hair isn't thick enough for that. Oh, you guys, I'm going bald. (laughs) (laughs) Because Archie keeps eating your hair. It's true. You guys, you got to meet Archie. He's pretty fun. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, everyone come over. Listeners, come over. Meet Uh, Archie. I mean, I guess form a single file line. (laughs) Uh, Should we just give out your address here? one pet. Yep, a single pet. Uh, but you got to shift around. If you keep doing the same area, he'll go bald in that one area. You can give Archie like one me. piece of food. <laughs> like Hallie. Uh, nothing fattening. One, oh, you're, you're giving him a lot of free reign. You just let them pick any kind of food. That's but right. it has to be one piece. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so like one slice of pizza. <laughs> that's right. One piece of spaghetti. One uh, rotisserie chicken. <laughs> An entire one rotisserie chicken, Dan? Is that Alaska. a piece? One baked Alaska piece? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a king and he deserves to be treated like one. When, it, yeah, when it's my turn, I'm going to give him one gusher because he's had so much you know, heavy food at this point. I think yeah. one little treat that has a little treat inside it is exactly what he needs. Uh, so you're looking at me like it's time for us to move on. And I think Probably. it's, I think that's what's going on. Uh, and so we are, we see kind of a whirlwind romance between these two characters. Mm-hmm. She's a little standoffish, both because she knows that Dr. Hot Dog or veterinarian hot dog is a little bit of a bad boy and is not going to settle down. But deep down, it's also because she knows she has a boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. A boyfriend that we kind of forget about for a little bit until... And so uh, does she. He's off at a convenient conference for For like like a a month. month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, a convenient conference for convenient doctors. And... uh, (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You know, doctors that live near you. (laughs) Yeah. That have availability in their schedule. I wish I had some of those in New York. Yeah, thanks, Obama. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, genuinely, thank you, Obama, (laughs) for making doctors more convenient to all of us. Yeah, that's what I said. Thank you, Obama. You say it weird. (laughs) That's how I I think people. Um, So, of course, uh, the sexual chemistry cannot be contained. And eventually, Dr. 
veterinarian hot dog <laughs> and our lead Gabby. That was really smooth. The way Hallie stood up and did Yeah, she <laughs> didn't snuck out her. of the room because she doesn't want to hear this part. When uh, in a moment of separation where uh, the vet is sitting in his Adirondack chair staring off into space and she is sitting on her porch watching him, she decides to send him a little love note tucked into the collar of her dog or his yeah. dog. I don't remember which he unwraps and it says dinner at my place in 20 minutes. And he's like, and he's like, what is this a message for my dog? <laughs> I didn't know that my dog had a place. And also my dog can is, write notes. Is my dog coming on to me. <laughs> I thought we had a platonic relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I got to have this conversation with my dog. Uh, so Hallie, do you have any thoughts about, uh, the idea that his dog might've been the one who wrote that note? Uh, I mean, that would have been a much better movie. (laughs) Um, but yeah, they, they, uh, well, it's also not even clear. It's like the dog may have wrote it, but like, I assume he has other neighbors too. Yeah, they they've been they've been writing notes and sticking them to the dog, and it probably took him at least an hour for that dog to bring him the note directly, and not like I don't know, jump in the lake. No, that must... dog doesn't swim. Okay, How many times <laughs> I have to tell you guys. Stick his face in a bucket of fish guts. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> that's his. He thing. does do that. So we are treated to a little bit of heavier romance uh, after a costume change. Uh, Hot Dog and Gabby uh, have a nice meal of pasta yeah. and salad, I'm assuming. And they never f- touch the salad. They're flirting angrily with each other. Like, it seems like they're upset that they're attracted to each other, basically. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the most by-the-numbers flirting that also has a touch of, like, m- like anger to it. Like, oh, my God, you just push all my buttons. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're getting, we get a little bit of homespun wisdom from, uh, uh, from veter- uh, our veterinarian hero. We're both talking about God. Yep. God comes up. One She's doesn't like one, him. One, one four, one again. Yep. Uh, and then we are treated to a couple shots of a bunch of puppies that are clearly played by a different breed of dog than the uh, dog of that just birthed like them. full-grown chihuahuas that they tried to make look like puppies. <laughs> yeah, dude, what what golden retriever? What kind of dog is that? It was the mother was. Nobody knows about the father though. <laughs> That's true. The because yeah, there's no other dogs in this movie, so it could have been anything. Yeah. Could have been a virgin birth. Check the midichlorian count. <laughs> so, we uh, so eventually they can't take it anymore. Their flirting turns to a sex scene that Dan said was actually hotter than I expected. Well, it was just, I mean, I, you know, the rest of the movie is so like, it could be like a Christian, like romance. Yeah. I mean, it basically is one. Yeah. Like and, a J crew catalog. <laughs> yeah. J crew catalog is a Christian romance. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You, I mean, when you're at Christian camp and you need some kind of material to get you in the mood and mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't want to, I you guess. You want a peak polo shirt. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you might look at uh, a J. Crew catalog to give yourself those funny feelings <laughs> because you, I don't know, it might be a sin to go buy, uh, purchase a Tijuana Bible or something. <laughs> Tijuana Bible. That's right. You want to see Dagwood having sex with uh, Miss Bugley from 
Beetle Bailey. He's gonna cheat on Blondie. <laughs> that's right. that's insane, dude. He's got Blond. That's true. He's got Blondie right at home, and Dagwood's not gonna do any better. That's than a real Jay Z Beyonce situation, if you ask me. Yeah. See, topical. <laughs> um. Yeah, but uh, it's just like there was political. more <laughs> political. Thank you, Alex. Very funny. I just didn't expect like I didn't expect the sex scene to be like as like. I mean, it wasn't like. Nobody took their clothes off. Or no, anything. there was no full. He took his shirt off, and we got to see some wicked cut-up abs. Oh, and hers too. Remember, because you were like, "That's a flat stomach." I did. Say, That's a wow. Is Stewart in the room with us? <laughs> Can I talk? Well, Hallie, you were the one who like when she took her shirt off. You were like, "Whoa!" Well, she did have much bigger boobs than than I would have thought, given mm, then, given her frame, her confidence level. <laughs> I didn't. That's no. I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, so they do it. They totally do it. They, they have it. They have it. Totally sex balls type. Uh huh. It's it's crazy. Grind on each other. All my nude, hopes that the sex style. scene was going to be interrupted by a comedic puppy scene. I was disappointed that didn't happen. We just got a super hot sex scene, yeah. uh, followed by uh, I don't know waking up in bed together. Um, and he leaves a note for her, and you're thinking, oh, wait, right. maybe he's like, mm, I'm a love him and leave him type, but no, no, no. No. He had to get to the vet because that's his job, and he's really <laughs> yep. tired. He's committed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's responsible. He doesn't let down animals. Well, look, he's that's basically true. just, I mean, he's a woman's dream guy. I mean, he's, you got to tame him, but he also loves animals. Yeah. Yeah, and you he's know. like, and he's handy. He like fixes boat motors. Oh yeah, I uh, mean he's he's everyone's dream. <laughs> he's my dream. Yeah, I mean if I could have this guy around to fix my boat motor and uh, I don't know, occasionally carry an Adirondack chair from one place to another place. Uh, what I if he held the, your face in his hands and said? You bother me. <laughs> I would be forced to kiss him. Those are the laws of my curse. <laughs> those are very, those, that was a very romantic refrain. Yeah. I was like, hook, line, and sinker. I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, I was clutching the, uh, the throw pillow on the couch to my bosom, and I was thinking, what a dream guy. <laughs> so, of it's course. Like, why can't I find a love like theirs? <laughs> that's and what I was saying. For some reason, you had that. Accent too, which is weird. Yeah, his Stewart. weird Jimmy Stewart accent. That our <laughs> and hero. you were wearing that weird Gone with the Wind dress. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can you describe that weird Gone with the Wind dress to me, Ellie? <laughs> you know, it was like all had that big skirt and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I think it checks out. I was wearing that. Yeah. Um. So the, of course, her she is taken to heaven in this guy's arms only to be brought back to Earth, to terra firma, by a voicemail from her actual boyfriend, who's like, I love you, babe. I'm not cheating on you and being a jerk. I'm actually a good dude. Uh, so she is conflicted at this point. But does that not stop really. her? She listens to it, and she's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and then montage of them being together for a month. Yeah, 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 that's true. She, I don't know. I think there's a moment where she's like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, hey. Yeah. Uh, uh, could you? We're. 
I, I mean, mean, just maybe you know, keeping it cash. I don't know. You feel the same way as me, I right? Mean, we're just feeling uh, out, right? I don't know. Tomorrow, like, who knows? I think you're great, but, uh, but it's um, not, you know, it's just like one. we're having fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Hey. What's with your hair? But <laughs> hey, thumbs up. Um, You're a doctor. Right. Yeah. Don't forget I that. I really, yeah. Different Bye. places. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes back and they have a little. Yeah, eventually together. he comes back and you're like, you remember that she had a boyfriend and. Uh, it's a pretty weak ass like stone that's thrown in the way of. Their burgeoning romance. In this case, the stone uh, is I attached to Pat- a wedding, a engagement ring, which she accepts. Yeah, <laughs> the stone is a huge diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let me check out that fucking <laughs> rock. She briefly accepts uh, a, a marriage proposal from Hamburger, even though Hot Dog had uh, really like confessed his love, and he's like, "Come on, come with me right now." Because this was the pivotal scene. She gets this random call. From her actual boyfriend, who's uh-huh. like, "Hey, I just came. I'm back. I'm back. Meet me at this restaurant right now." And she's like, well, "Meet but me I- like fucking Dune Chasers yeah. or whatever stupid ass name that restaurant has." It was like Driftwood yeah. Sallies. <laughs> <laughs> and she and so the hungry beats <laughs> the hungry crab, <laughs> um, the pelican. Sandwich. <laughs> pelican sandwich. That's where you have two pelicans, and in between is a shallow fish. <laughs> That's their special. But so she was like, she was like, um, and he was like, it's so great. And she was like, um, uh, he's like, you'll meet me there, right? My parents will be there. And she's like, um, you have literally no reason to turn this invite down, right? Uh, and she's like, um, and then the phone hangs up, and then she shows up. But guess what? Before she shows up, we see a shot of Travis. Just that's you know, our hero. He's just like, you know, he's a lone wolf. He's a peanuts. real Dylan McKay. If we're gonna go back to our nine hundred two and zero references, yeah, 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 he is a lot like Dylan. And he was like eating at the bar alone, and then we see. But didn't he right before that? Take a second Adirondack chair and place oh, that's it right. immediately next to his yeah, Adirondack I don't chair. Think, did we yeah. make it clear how no. important this was before? Because like, because she was like giving her analysis to his sister, and she was like, "I know that kind of guy. He's the guy that sets out one Adirondack chair because mm-hmm. he's always the guy who sits alone." Mm-hmm. Um, but then <laughs> he brought on another chair. Yeah, yep, he got a matching Adirondack chair, and he's like. This is going to be symbolic to the people watching me do this. <laughs> That's right. The <laughs> invisible audience is going to know exactly what this means. Mm-hmm. And it was like a ladies' Adirondack chair, too. It wasn't yeah. the was same it? chair. Yeah, it was like a petite chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it flares out of the hips. <laughs> and there's a place to store sanitary napkins. The, button, the buttons are on the other side of the Adirondack chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, which buttons? You know, Adirondack buttons. Yep. Uh, so of course, yeah, our hero sees, uh, the love of his life hanging out with her boyfriend, being a girlfriend. And he's like, wait a minute. I for- totally forgot you had a boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, which is a little weird. Cause he knew that, right? I mean, they didn't forget. They just, she brought that up. She was like, we never talked about this. We never said what this was. Oh yeah. That was, yeah, that was, uh, it was kind of interesting cause, uh, it was, it was funny to see 
I don't know. Normally it's like a dude trying to make a bunch of bullshit excuses. In this case, it was her, not the dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but did we, and we forgot to talk about that really great scene at the, uh, the, the like midway, the fairway where they're playing all the carnival games. Yeah, we can. That one that takes like fucking forever. And you're like, does the director think we want to watch strangers enjoy fucking carnival games for five minutes? Cause that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch me enjoy carnival games for five minutes. Um, um yeah. Are we running long here, Dan? A little bit. Okay. That's fine. Okay. So she comes in, he's there, he sees her. She's going to meet her boyfriend and yep. his parents because he'll only apparently hang out with her with his parents. Those are his only friends, apparently. It's really weird. The only yeah. time we ever see them together is with his parents. And then they're all like super rich and all this stuff. And you get all these allusions to like they go to play golf together. And she's like, oh, the property where I grew up had a golf course because um, she gets a hole in one. She's like, I got really good <laughs> at golf. And you're like, uh, this sounds like. You're supposed to be rich, but you're actually not. Yeah, it's the be laziest rich. attempt to be like. She is saying things in just the right way to make you believe that she either could be a rich person or a poor person that lives on a rich person's house. That never got, but that never got picked up on, right? Like they never resolved that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. I think did you were. It? I think you were making drinks. Okay, that oh. comes up in a little bit. So she she leaves a note for the hero after they kind of have a breakup. And the no, and like but he, that was a very romantic scene when he was like, he was like, I love you. He was like, come with me. We can walk away from all this. And she was like, I don't know. That was my, for those romantics out there. <laughs> sure. I the want romantics. to bookmark this scene as a thumbs up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just go to the DVD chapter titled, click, click on Hallie. titled You Bother Me. <laughs> Uh, so Hallie's face with a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, the Hallie approved uh, chapter <laughs> in the menu of this movie. Um, so uh, the weird part is when so after that, it's left kind of ambiguous, but you believe that she has called things off with our hero to be with the other guy. And then we see a scene. She sent a letter. Yeah, she like, leaves a letter on his Adirondack chair because <laughs> that's apparently the yeah. his, the center of his world. Um, and he he reads the letter, and the letter begins. You know, I broke up with him, and we had a huge fight. Um, and he called me all these mean names and everything. And then the next morning, he showed up and he asked me to marry him. And I'm like, okay, so sorry, yeah, sure. <laughs> so. She's they like, added, life is choices. And uh, I guess it doesn't really matter what choice you make. See ya. Yeah, she's like, good, bad, doesn't matter. Life keeps, the world keeps spinning. Like when I killed yeah. that bum and God didn't strike <laughs> me down. In my heart, I'm like, but that's murder. That's a mortal sin. I should be going to hell. But nothing happened. I'm invincible. Mm, crimes and misdemeanors. You know what I mean? <laughs> crimes and misdemeanors. <laughs> misdemeanors. Hello, I'm a misdemeanors. Good day to you. <laughs> I'm here to marry your son. Okay. Uh, we had a good laugh at Dan's mispronunciation of meanyers. Um <laughs> and uh, I'm wondering why there was never a movie called Crimes and Misdemeanors, <laughs> <laughs> where meteors come and destroy the earth. <laughs> with, with Meteor Man. 
Well, yep, <laughs> Meteor Man was a movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, what if there... <laughs> what? Keep what going. There's a movie called Crimes and Mr. Meters, and it was where an American woman falls in love with a British man. <laughs> but wait, where's the crime? Is she a criminal? <laughs> uh, Is she like it, a cat burglar? I don't know. Like, it... <laughs> This will never work between the two of us because I use the metric system and you 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 use the English system, which is ironic because I'm English. <laughs> I was gonna say. And then she's like, "No, it'll work." And then he killed her, and that was the crime. Mm. Okay. Uh, and he chops her body up into meter-sized pieces. Oh, oh. <laughs> pretty big pieces. <laughs> Into <laughs> meteor pieces <laughs> because her body's made of meat. Yeah. So, uh, so we're greeted to a brief sequence where uh, our our heroes, uh, Gabby and Travis, uh, spend some time with the their other uh, you know uh, other lovers. And we think they're just going to keep moving on. And then eventually, like relatively quickly, uh, Travis comes to his senses. He has a nice, loving uh, conversation with his ex-girlfriend, who's like, uh, you should get back with her, dude. And he's like, like, OK, you'll never look at me that way. She's like, I'm going to go off and kill myself because there's no other. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, trigger warning, I guess. <laughs> But uh, it, it feels like there's no other eligible single men in this town. Even his, even Not Travis's even dad, fucking dad, played by Tom Wilkinson, dad, yeah. has a girlfriend. By I the mean, end I of this guess movie. there were a lot of puppies recently born, and we don't know the sex <laughs> so either. You date those puppies? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't the know. Is, it's a possibility, is what I'm saying. It, it's just a different style of love, you know. <laughs> uh huh. Who are we to say what's moral? Yeah. Remember his like definition of love was all about how that dog moved his head. Yep. His definition when describing religion or his belief in God, he mentions his dog loving him back by pushing his head against his hand. Um so of course, uh Travis and uh Gabby decide to get together. Uh he gets punched in the face by Hamburger the doctor. Yeah. And then uh we are greeted to a montage of uh, that her getting pregnant. Well, but I, I do want to. I I want to speed up a little bit so we can get to the end of this. But I don't want to skip over the fact that where uh, hot dog, you know, uh, proposes to Gabby, and it's in the scene where he's like he comes in, and he bursts in on the, her at her parents' house. Yes, and okay. her parents are like, oh, it's clear to me. It's clear from the moment that he walked in that you were in love with him. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to marry him. And he's, no, no. And, like, the mom's like, here, take uh, your grandmother's ring to propose to him. That I'm wearing around my neck on a chain. Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't want to marry him. And he's like, yeah, it was like they were all set up for it. Yeah. They were all prepped. And even though, but that was the scene that you were talking about, because that was the scene where he comes in and he starts asking for permission to marry Gabby. Mm -hmm. But he's asking the family who own the property not her family, the people who work on the because property. Because he always thought oh, she was rich. Okay. Yeah, he thought she was rich because of her stuck-up, snobby she ways. she could play golf and, you and know. And she's she, blonde. Yeah. All right. So I missed that. But the but the point is, like, no parents in the world have ever acted that way. If their daughter is like, no, I don't want to marry you, they're going to be like, 
I think you should leave, mm-hmm. sir. I, I don't know. know. I think the thing about those parents is they're like, there's no other eligible men in this <laughs> universe of this movie. Yeah. So you got to snatch this guy up because there's plenty of other women. Those were those bikini ladies. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the people at the, the veterinarian clinic. The, re- the secretary at the veterinary clinic. She was a lonely heart. Presumably single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Presumably, you're right. But I will say that um, I feel like our conversation about this very much mirrors how we felt about this, which is that we've spent a ton of time up until this point talking about this, and we're getting to this point where, like, oh, and and then he proposed to her, and then, like, it worked out. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God, there's, like, at least 40 minutes more of this movie. That was the moment where we were giving high fives and we're like, oh yeah, let's start recording this podcast. Yeah, and then and Dan we, paused it. And paused we, it and we see the little <laughs> progress bar. Our hearts sank. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, uh, of course, we are greeted to this montage of them getting older together, but not getting older at all. They look exactly the same. Yeah. Their haircuts don't change. They don't get it, grow any facial hair. She certainly doesn't grow facial hair. They, uh, they uh, create a couple of children who grow to about yeah, the age the of... Uh, they grow them. Yep, they grow to the age of, I don't know, 11 years? That's incorrect. Seven years? <laughs> Maybe. At the most, the oldest Ten. is like... 10, probably. Uh, 10 and below. Yeah, maybe that. 10 and below. So they have these kids, and then they're supposed to have a, a romantic dinner date. And, of course, uh, he is kept late at the veterinarian clinic because of this sick cat, the villain of the movie. A cat that I can only assume was poisoned by the evil Dr. Uh, hamburger. And uh, so he is kept late. and Being she a hamburger. She, you know, so she has, uh, sh- I guess she gets sick of waiting for him at the restaurant at and so she, yeah. and it's a different restaurant. Because he always stands her up because he worked such long hours. And she's given up her career, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, you know. The thing is, Hallie, hey, being a mom is the toughest job you'll ever <laughs> love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing because I don't think it's true. I'm laughing because it is true. <laughs> That's why You're it's laughing funny. because you're heartless. It's like a Jerry Seinfeld sort of thing. <laughs> no, it's like. What's the deal with these moms? Exactly. Yeah. It's like. It's yeah. a laugh of recognition. Exactly. Yeah. Like, laughter to you moms. I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a solidarity laugh. Yeah. So, uh, of course, she gets in a car, it's raining, and we're like, that is code for accident. And, of course, that's true. A car smashes into her, and we get a slow motion shot of her flying around in the car, and her phone exploding. And we're like, no, not her phone. Her face still seems perfectly intact, but her phone got pretty messed up. Little do we know, it was not her phone in a coma. <laughs> yeah, it's a Dorian Gray situation <laughs> where her phone reflects the state of her uh, her physical damage as opposed to her body, Dan, just like Dorian oh, Gray. Okay. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'll put you on training wheels for this one. Oh, so uh, then we get to watch a long period of time, up t- upwards of 90 days, where her character is in a coma. Yeah. Well, Hallie had joked at the beginning of the movie when we we uh, when we were going into the hospital that the choice that he would have to make was whether to pull the plug or not because she knew the title of the film. Mm-hmm. She how detect- right detected she Hallie, was. and then it turned out like that was the choice. I thought the choice was between the two boys. 
No. Hamburger boy or hot dog boy? The choice was he was they were he was like standing in front of his mother's grave being like, I just can't pull the plug. Mama. I don't want to pull the plug, mama. And, and then like an apparition, his sister appears behind him. And she's like, I got a wig. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're right. My wig is telling me to pull it. Pull that plug. But my heart is telling me not to. <laughs> There's a lot of heart versus head versus wig narratives throughout this. So we, at this point... Like in Shakespeare. That was the classic (laughs) Shakespearean conflict. Heart versus head versus wig. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of wigs. In Shakespeare (laughs) or in the movie? (laughs) I think both. Uh, Yeah, both, probably. Um, So we... uh, Yeah, it comes down to a situation where Travis is trying to decide whether or not he should pull the plug on his wife, who is in a coma. Uh, he is being urged to do it by uh, his wife's ex fiance, which is suspect, if you ask me. He shouldn't be the one giving that kind of counsel. <laughs> but, you, but, but I just want you guys to know, he was not... He was compassionate. He was still a good dude. He was still a good dude. He had, <laughs> at that point, he had his own family. Because remember, they were like talking about their kids. Yeah. I paid a lot more attention to this movie than either Stuart or Dan You don't did. think that he might still be holding onto a torch and he's like secretly. Maybe like, he did, but he's definitely not. This, so he's like murder her? Yeah. yeah he's like, like every night she wakes up and he bunks her on the head with a rolling pin. <laughs> he has a coconut that he drops on her. <laughs> she was like fine when she got here. Oh. Uh, and why is she also in, like, still the emergency ward, right? Because that's where he works. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of an emergency. It's a life or death <laughs> situation, Hallie. Mm. So he, Travis, uh, decide, after their houses are destroyed by hurricane, which hurricane do they name it? Cassandy. Cassandy. <laughs> yep. From a uh, name taken from the ancient Greek mythology. Um and he takes the pieces of her house uh, that, like her, like porch that washed up, and he make he fl- he oh, takes a boat her out house? to. Her. I, I think, think it was, was her his house. It was one of their houses. Oh, um, doesn't matter. He goes out to a little uh, to the little island that he apparently discovered owns. He his owns. grandfather willed it to him. Oh, you did pay better attention than I did, and he builds a little chuppah or. Uh, gazebo or something uh in her honor and of course he hears the uh seashell wind chimes chimes that she used and he's like there's life in them their shells yet that means there's life in my wife he he heard them because the dog found him yeah that was the second miracle, the hearing the thing. The first miracle was the dog finding them after that. I don't the, know. Dogs find all kinds of shit, dude. But the dog had never gone in the water. That's the thing. Oh, That's so. why he's like, why are you in the water? You hate swimming. And he mm-hmm. like had to like carry him all the time on the boat. Oh. Anyway, the point is he rushes to the hospital, and lo and behold, what the... She's, she's awake. awake. And... And She'd been listening the whole time she was in yeah, the coma. Yeah, she heard every th- word he said. And she stayed flawless, even though she stayed yeah. in a bed for that long. And so the choice he made was the right choice, not to pull the plug. Pull, yeah, murder his wife. fucked up, dude. That would have been like a, like a Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That would be a weird, like, how would you indicate, though? Like, it would just have to be the Crypt Keeper coming on afterwards, like, 
she would have woken up the next day. I mean, see you later, were, guys. The way, the way you would have indicated it is he would have had to like cut to her perspective and her like screaming and surfing like that. No, no, don't. I'm about to. God. No, I can feel myself waking up. Mm-hmm. That's like the scariest tales from the crypt I remember seeing when I was little. Was that like? Do you guys remember that one where it was the priest had the relationship with some woman and? uh he like fake killed her and she was given some drug uh-huh. that she would wake up days All later, right. but then he got put in prison. And so he was supposed to like, or he got knocked out or something and he was supposed to like dig her up. Coconuts. And then she woke up in the coffin and she was like banging on the coffin. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, what is it? Ginny and Paolo from lost. Is that, uh, oh, yeah. one of those characters that had the same thing where it's like the same sort of I shit. I like that episode. It was the best episode, uh, after the first two seasons of that show, I would argue. Everyone, everyone hated that stuff, but I love that. Yeah. Cause tales from the crypt. Because at that point in that series, everyone was like, let's get to the ending of the story. And I'm like, it's going to be shitty, dude. The ending's just going to be purgatory, man. Why are you getting so worked up? Just enjoy this weird bottle episode. Actually, I think I was talking about a nightmare on Elm street. Uh, <laughs> what episode of oh, the episode of Freddy's nightmares, the TV show. There was a TV show that I was talking about. That was either tales from the crypt or nightmare. It on could Elm be. Street. What about tales from the dark side or night gallery? Um, I'm sure. What that- about, the new uh, Twilight I, Zone. No, you know what it was? It was uh, Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much lamer than we could have imagined. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't remember what it was. But, you know, that's a... Do your research, guys. Hey, this R- week's right challenge, <laughs> guys. Figure out what I was talking about. Uh, uh, that's kind of how I feel like all these episodes are. So, guys... We should get on to uh, final judgments about this movie, whether it was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie kind of like, you know what? I've got conflicted feelings, so I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. I really don't know how to rate this film because, like, it wasn't good. I wouldn't say I liked it. I didn't laugh at it. But at the same time, like, I actually, like, watched the whole thing. Like, I... I it was it was pleasant you, you, enough. You did the bare minimum of what our listeners expect out of us. No, but it was like it was pleasant enough. There was barely any story to yeah. it. Like that you can the, get bored, and like I, I wasn't bored. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. No, the main problem with the movie was just like there was barely enough story for like twenty minutes, let alone two hours. But I mean, like the worst I can say about this movie is I didn't cry, and like making me cry is like shooting fish in a barrel. Like it really should have like. Like, if there was going to be, like, a tragic romance where, at the end, like, the woman comes out of the coma and everything turns out all right, like, I should yeah. be in tears by the end. And that, I didn't come anywhere close to that. So, I guess it's not a good movie because it didn't do, like, what it's built to do. But at the same time, I didn't hate this film. Mm-hmm. So, I just don't know what to, I don't know how to rate it. I can't, I can't put a name on it. You know, I'm going to say it's, a, I'm going to say it's a bad, bad movie. Okay. And I'm going to tie it in with... Uh, that a couple days ago we were having a conversation on another podcast with our pal Jubin, who was talking, a uh, friend of the podcast, Jubin Prang, who was uh, talking about how he watches uh, TV shows at one and a half to two times speed. And of course, we all thought he was a crazy person and for doing this that. This was totally, I was thinking, the this same is thing. totally the sort of thing you could watch at that speed. 
and it would be perfect. Like you would zip through it. There's so much filler. There's definitely an attempt to like set a scene or give you a feeling or a longing for an environment, but there's just so little effort to really establish the beauty of these scenes. Because as I said before, every shot is so tight on things. So you, it, it just feels cramped all the time. And it should be way faster. This movie did not need to be nearly this long. So bad, bad movie from Stewart. So wait, it's bad, bad movie. Good, Good bad. bad. Or movie you kind of like. Uh, I think it's a movie I kind of liked. <laughs> um, because I totally agree with you. It was way longer than it needed to be. It was boring in a lot of places. And like the story wasn't ultimately that interesting. But then in those scenes, I was like in. It was like a it was like a dog whistle that I never lost interest enough that like when those dramatic scenes happened, I was like I was like, okay, I'm in this. I'm in this with you. And like I get it. Um and I felt that like when he, when she was like, I heard you the whole time. I was like, this whole these two hours just <laughs> made sense. <laughs> now that I know that, I can rest easy. That's why when I came back from the bathroom because I was using the bathroom at the climax of the movie, uh, <laughs> Allie's like, she heard him the whole time. She heard him the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I kind of like this movie. It was boring for a lot of it, and I was like, I can't believe you're taking this much time. And but I was like, all of the, like the heartstring episode or scenes, I was like definitely into. Yeah, yeah, your heartstrings were plucked. Is what you're they were, they were strong. My heartstrings okay, were strong. Okay, so we have kind of a mixed review on the choice. So uh, what's the next part of this podcast, Dan? The next part is uh, we've got a few uh, notes from our sponsors. Oh, a little ho- Flophouse housekeeping. Yeah, that's right. The Flophouse is supported in part by Squarespace, the simplest way to create a compelling website. From the strange to the downright bizarre, great stories define us. You should tell yours with simple tools and templates. Squarespace helps you capture your story with a captivating website. You can start your free trial today. Visit squarespace.com slash flop. You should Squarespace. Just do it, man. Why don't you, uh, what kind of, what, what kind of website are you going to be setting up lately, Hallie? Normally when Al- Elliot's here, he gets super excited about his latest website products that he's going to be marketing. I'm going to be just, um, trying to figure out, um, how to, <laughs> Yes, and <laughs> I know nothing about the internet. I can't. I I like that forgot. Would be perfect. Squarespace would be great for you. Well, I forgot my password to the cloud um, <laughs> like four years ago, and I know there's so much stuff on there that I probably want. But so that would be my first step. So your first step would be to find out your password to the cloud. But yeah. it also sounds like Squarespace would be a great product for you because you don't have to know how to code. You can use, uh, it has responsive yeah. design, so your website. Uh, but, like, what would I even have a site about? It could be about. It could be a uh, Hallie Haglund site. <laughs> but could be why would that site. exist? Mm-hmm. It could be, <laughs> why would you set up a Hallie Haglund fan site for yourself? I mean, it just seems like. Be a place to post, I don't know. Uh, Hallie Haglund news. Yeah, Hallie oh, Haglund yeah, news. news. Breaking news. I picked up my CSA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
uh, maybe like a quiz section. Like, did I pick up my CSA? <laughs> what did you yes ask make no. with your CSA? Uh, salad. <laughs> there you go. That could be a site. <laughs> yep, Hallie uh, Aglin salad. All site. right. Yeah, it's probably good for people. So that, this sounds cool for people who are have. Uh, this sounds like a great website <laughs> design. It's a great product. Yes, and I they've been a longtime you. supporter of the podcast. So yeah. go check them out. So thank Squarespace. Build uh, it beautiful. Also, Flophouse is sponsored by Casper Mattresses, uh, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. They offer an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's risk-free. Uh, you've got a risk-free trial, and you can try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with a free delivery and painless returns if you do not like your mattress. They're made in America, so you're supporting American-made goods. Uh, pricing is $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress, which wow. is amazing uh, compared to the mattresses you normally find in your big mattress stores. <laughs> uh, Flophouse listeners can get $50 toward any mattress pur- purchase by visiting www.casper.com flop and using promo code flop at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Now I, you're sleep you're a personal on a Casper mattress. Yeah, you're a user, and I have no complaints, sir. <laughs> yeah, no complaints. No joke. Before you got that Casper mattress, I was a tossing. You used to sleep on a couple of garbage bags filled with old clothes. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, this is better <laughs> than that. What kind of promotion is that? Oh, this is this is better than sleeping on those spikes that I used to sleep on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you did used to sleep on spikes, I guess. That was, uh, what part of your training to be a yogi like Dalsim? I slept on a bunch of old, <laughs> a bunch of old <laughs> AIDS needles. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Why would you why? do that? You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. How did you know there was, were specifically AIDS needles, though? <laughs> I had them tested, and then I still slept on them. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You would think that the hospital, that's really irresponsible, the hospital. You'd think they would just keep them and not take them away. Right. And before that, weren't you sleeping on a bunch of old Reader's Digests that were kind of stacked yeah. up in the shape of a woman? <laughs> that's right. I cuddled them uh-huh. for company. Now, and all those things, not as good as that Casper mattress no. that you're sleeping on. Well, that I mean, came in a tiny little box and then exploded all over your heart. Yeah, let me tell you, we're, 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 I feel like we're downplaying how comfortable Casper mattresses are by putting them up against the worst things mm-hmm. you could sleep Damning on. Damning with faint praise. Uh, no, these are very... I slept on a cloud once, <laughs> and I haven't slept on a Casper mattress, but I bet it's more comfortable than that cloud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You haven't been on that cloud in a while because you forgot your password. Exactly. That is weird <laughs> that you have to have a password to sleep on those. Uh, no, I love it. I actually it makes sense. Actually, I actually, all all kidding aside, I do sleep on a Casper mattress. It is a delight. I sleep well on that. So, and using the promo code, uh, if you guys need a mattress, you can get a sweet discount on it. What is that? Fifty right. bucks. Fifty bucks off a Casper mattress. Awesome. So we also got a couple of Jumbotron messages today. Uh, the first one is uh, from another podcast. Now you're probably wondering. 
hey, Stuart, you're always bugging people. Listen to your uh, listen to the Flophouse. And I do bug you about that. You should listen to the Flophouse because it's a great podcast. But I'd also like you to check out a new, uh, another podcast called Why Do You Care? And you can find that on iTunes and wherever other podcasts are found. Uh, we'd like to invite you to go check those guys out. It features an American and a Brit. Uh, and the Brit, in this case, has a super sultry voice. Discussing everything from superheroes to rom-coms to fan fiction. I put emphasis on rom-coms because this is the episode about the choice. Uh, Will and Katie, those are the hosts, try to figure out what makes media good and why the hell they care so much. If you're interested in another podcast about movies, TV, and books, which is a totally original idea that they came up with by themselves, I guess they have a patent on it, so I guess we're going to be paying them royalties, uh, then you can find them at... Uh, just by searching Why Do You Care at iTunes or anywhere else. So why don't you go uh, check those guys out? And we have one more Jumbotron message today, and I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Hear uh, it. Bump, 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 bump. Jumbotron. <laughs> just, just man for a second. Jumbotron for a second. message. Boop, 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 boop. Beep, boop, boop. Okay. Thank you for vamping there for a second, guys. This is a message for Allie, last name withheld. And the message is from Jared, similar last name withheld, not the subway guy. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, Two years ago, you married me and became the luckiest woman I know. Happy anniversary, and I love you lots. Also, that area of my back that I can't reach itches. Could you itch it? (laughs) Thanks. I'll love you forever. Last thing. I cheaped out on a gift, so you're entitled to a threesome involving one of the Flophouse guys. Your choice. I'm impartial. Now, reading that, huh. is that some form of verbal agreement or contract? Yeah, I guess we're bound to that somehow. Even now, though we didn't. luckily, Elliot Kalen isn't here, so he doesn't have much of a choice. Uh, so I guess we could volunteer Elliot for that, but I guess it's up to Allie's choice. Yeah. So... I mean, I guess you get one of the three of us. Dan's probably the best smelling. Thank you. Uh, and you have that lovely Casper mattress. That's right. Stuart, I don't mean to oversell Dan too much. Stuart has a beautiful uh, Jason t-shirt on. That's Jason from the Friday the 13th. Not Jason Priestley. <laughs> yeah. So you know he's got a real sense of style. Yep. And... Uh, T-shirts are my way of uh, communicating. Hallie's exempt from this. Hallie, Hallie does not. Well, it did say Flophouse guys. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm off limits. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so, uh, thank you for those messages, guys. Uh, if you want to get your own Jumbotron message, head over to MaximumFun.org and follow the instructions. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zones, a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs>
Um, so now we move on to letters from listeners, listeners like you, uh, Archie is doing something very distracting right now Mm -hmm. as he's been doing through the entire podcast. Normally Elliot is here and we put Archie in the other room so he doesn't jump up on the most allergic flop house, allergic, the most most delicate flower and the Mm -hmm. flop house firmament. Whereas Hallie is now picking up Archie and nuzzling him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now Archie is pushing. Okay, I don't know. I don't think we necessarily have to narrate, to narrate this everything, but it's adorable. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he's a great little kitty, and I can't stop kissing him. Uh, uh, so, Dan, what's the next part of this podcast? What letters. Letters. That's what I was saying. From listeners. Um, so letters from listeners <laughs> is the song Elliot would sing if he were here. Okay. That's it. Um, Wrap it up. Letters. So <laughs> <laughs> a plaintive letter song in the background. I forgot to pick letters. Oh, okay. We're just going to wing it, dude. So we're going to wing it and we're going to wing it in part by let's just do the letters that came in. During the time that we're recording. The okay. ones that are fresh in my inbox. <laughs> wow. Okay, jump in the list. And so... I hope they are all directed toward Elliot. We'll answer for him. This is from Pete, last name withheld, who writes... Peter Parker. My communique is about the most buzzed about unproduced script floating around in Tinseltown. Catch that kid. Mm-hmm. My question to each of you is, what child star would you cast as the titular kid? Here's the twist... You can choose a child actor from any era, or you can shrink the star of your choice to kid size. Go. So that's question number one. Okay, well, that's a tough question. Normally... Now, Hallie, Catch That Kid is an imaginary movie that we came up with. But, uh, I mean, I think you can probably fill in the blanks as to what the uh, the narrative contents of Catch That Kid will would be about. You want to catch a kid? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... it's Yeah, I mean... You're, the, you're a sharp cookie. <laughs> you, want him, you, you want him to be like uncatchable? Is that the? I mean, there there should be some question as to whether or not low that kid can be caught. Okay. So normally, when I'm casting movies, I'm usually going to want to go to a veteran actor, somebody who I know has the chops and can bring charisma in spades. So, of course, I'm talking about uh, Angus Grimm, an actor who is now <laughs> dead. Um, but if he was not dead and I could shrink him, then I would totally go Angus Grimm. Otherwise, if I'm going to go with anybody who I've seen as a kid as an actor, I got to go with that Jonathan Lipnicki from The Littlest Vampire and Jerry Maguire because that kid is super adorable. Me now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have two choices. One is Macaulay Culkin from The Good Son. Okay. <laughs> because he that's was the best version. Yeah. Very devious. It's hard to catch that kid. And the other is Simba. As a kid from The Lion King, because he was a lion, so he's like really fast and it'd be hard to catch him. No, no joke. Uh, one of the things that, uh, uh, one of the topics that hasn't been on the Flophouse Facebook group, which you can check out on Facebook, uh, is a uh, there's a topic of like the first person that you ever had a crush on, like first celebrity you ever had right. a crush on. 
And I was asking, I like to ask people that when I'm bartending because, you know, it's a good icebreaker. Uh, it's much better than how often do you floss? <laughs> it's much it's, it's much better than what do you what drink do you want? <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that. That's kind of a it's, dead end. Yeah. So, uh, but I was asked. I asked some friends that when they're at the bar, and uh, one uh, one of my friends <laughs> insisted that her first celebrity crush was Simba. And I'm like, fine, okay, like uh, animated's fine, you know. I've heard Disney's Robin Hood and et cetera, et cetera, so that's okay. But then, anytime I asked somebody that same question within earshot of her, she would insist on saying, "It can be animated. It can be animated." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm normal. I really am. <laughs> Simba, JTT did the voice. Come on. I think she liked the JTT version, not when he grew up and became Matthew Broderick. Which one were you talking about? I mean, I was talking about the young one, but I honestly think either. I mean, ask me later about my, (laughs) I can give you more opinions about Simba that I won't say on air. Okay. So, uh, no spoilers on that one then. And Dan, your Uh, Catch That Kid casting? uh, The young James Stewart. Oh, young James Stewart. Okay, yeah, baby Jimmy Stewart. Okay, so would it be an old Jimmy Stewart that has been shrunk down to a kid size? Uh, no, I think it would be, it would be an actual child Jimmy Stewart because I wonder whether that child Jimmy Stewart would still talk like Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really more of an experiment. Yeah, yeah, that just makes to sense. See whether or not it's not really. I don't. Th- I mean, like casting wise, yeah, sure, he's going to do a good job. He's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah, He's one exactly. of the top actors of Hollywood ever. And you're assuming that that was all natural, not trained, because a child version of him would have those skills. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I just want to. I want to see what that's like. So we know who's gonna get. Who's gonna be the kid that gets caught or doesn't get caught? Is our three answers. Yeah. So the next question is from Ivan, last name withheld, the terrible, who writes, "Hey guys, I recently dropped a terrible Jaws reference. We're gonna need a bigger moat." only to learn that my wife, of nearly 10 years, had never seen Jaws. Mm -hmm. Since she already knows that I'm appalled that she's never watched The Science of the Lambs, she tried to regain some credibility as a cultured human by describing Close Encounters of the Third Kind as having a pickup truck in it, which is accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was duly impressed by her brandishing a detail so minor no one would try to bluff with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Are there details of certain movies which stick with you despite being entirely unimportant? As I write that out, it occurs to me that every detail I can recall suddenly seems vital. Anyway, I'm, gra- I'm grateful for the back catalog since I sometimes need to listen to something I know I'll enjoy without the taint of schadenfreude or grim satisfaction. Thank you, Ivan. Last name withheld. Well, thanks, Ivan. Uh, I, I actually kind of feel the other way. Like, I feel like every little thing that I remember is totally unimportant, and I feel silly for remembering it. Yeah. Like what? Uh, oh, man, I don't know. Like, uh, whew, uh, I'm trying to think. A, oh, man. We'll we'll probably just edit this whole section out of the episode, right. so it makes it sound like I came up with something right on the fly, right off the top of the head. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There are movies that are unimportant that I remember very well. It's not like I remember a particular small detail of a great movie, so much as like I saw Beastmaster fifty times when I was a kid, and so I'm like, these are my ferrets. 
Mm-hmm. Or like every time I hear the name uh, Wolfgang or Wolfgang Amadeus or Amadeus, I always think of Rolfgang Amadogus from the Muppet Babies cartoon when they go through their family trees <laughs> and discover that Rolf's ancestor was Rolfgang Amadogus, the famous composer dog. Yeah, sure. Are there any small details you remember? From I don't know if that's really Allie? a small detail. I mean, it's pretty integral to the character. How is thinking about it? No, I got it. Uh, every time, you know how you see young or middle-aged or old people have like uh, bald spotting? Or not mm-hmm. bald spotting, but like white spotting where they have like one patch of white hair? Uh-huh. I always think about in the peanut butter solution where he climbs up that chute and he sees a ghost and he freaks out and he falls down and he was so scared that all his hair turned white. Uh huh. And that's what I think of every time I think of when I see people who have like those little patches of white hair. And so you figure it's because of the peanut butter solution. Mm hmm. Yeah. They, or they saw a ghost, probably. <laughs> and you see, and, and you look at them with them envy. You're like, yeah. I want to see a fucking ghost. I know. I'm like, how'd you There's get one that? Thing <laughs> There's a guy at our work who has that. Ted Tremper has that. Yeah. And I and he one time I was Name talking to Robert. him about it. <laughs> uh, I work with this person, um, <laughs> but he was like, I just got it when I worked at the show, and it was so disappointing because I was like, surely you've had it ever since you saw that ghost. And he was like, No, just my life as a ghost is working here. And that's when I saw my own reflection. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Thank you for saying just kidding. I got really scared there for a second. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so that has been an example of us remembering things. Yeah. And that has also been an example of what happens when we just answer emails that come in. Yeah, just wing it. Literally during the period of time that we're doing the show. Now, what's the next part of this podcast, Dan? The next and final part of this podcast is when we recommend movies. Oh, we're going to be fast on this, right? Because we're going long? No, no, it's fine. Okay, we're going to go nice and slow. We did a short letter segment, so we can do whatever we want here. But um, I I got like a long... I'm just going to tell the whole story of the movie I'm recommending. (laughs) If we want to recommend movies that we liked... That you should watch. Um, this is the place to do it. And let me recommend a movie I watched called Mr. Arcaden. What? Mr. Arcaden. It's directed by one Orson Welles. Perhaps you've heard oh, okay. of it. Nope. Oh, Unicron. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, it's an interesting movie because it revisits themes from Orson Welles' other movies. Um, it's kind of like... Uh, Citizen Kane, in that it's an exploration into one wealthy person's life. Uh, and it's kind of like uh, The Third Man, which is not a Orson Welles movie. It's directed by Carol Reed, but... But he's in it. Orson Welles is in it, and he was said to have input into the uh, screenplay. And uh, Mr. Arcaden is based in part on a couple of episodes of the Third Man radio series and so it feels a little bit like the third man it's got the same uh sort of comic thriller aspect to it it's filled with dutch angles weird uh grotesques um it's about a man who is uh employed to look into the past of the titular mr arcaden uh, played by Orson Welles. Mr. Arcaden claims that he has uh, amnesia and he wants this fortune hunter 
to this uh, ruffian to come in and look into his past and see what he can find out about his life before uh, where he is right now. And mm-hmm. uh, suffice it to say, there are a bunch of surprises. Mr. Arcadon is maybe not playing completely straight with this man. And it's uh, it's an interesting movie. It's not the best Orson Welles movie, obviously. I mean, it's not Citizen Kane or The Magnificent Ambersons, but it has a lot of fun. It's not... It it's you know it's it's uh, Orson Welles at a more playful sort of in a more playful bent, but not as good as something like Touch of Evil. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's certainly worth watching. And uh, there are a bunch of different cuts of it. There's a very like short cut that's in the public domain that's not very good. I watched what I assume is what's called the Criterion cut, the one that was put together for the Criterion edition. Uh, it was on Turner Classic Movies. Seek out the best cut that you can find. But uh, that's what my recommendation. And the best is. cut's the longest cut, or yeah, it's about 110 minutes. Okay. Allie, what's your recommendation? You want to go next? Sure. Um, I would say um, that. Uh, so my recommendation is I don't know. Have you guys seen Entertainment? The Greg Turkington, it's like co-written by Tim Heidecker. I uh, haven't. It's it's uh, really uh, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I was pretty into it. It's like very. It got really mixed reviews, but that doesn't necessarily. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, did you watch the comedy? That is not. Uh, it's the. Tim Heidecker starred in it, but I sort of like think of these as like companion pieces, even though they're like I don't think they were they're meant to be of, at they're all. They're kind of anti comedies, yeah. Yeah. Uh and they're both like just so rough. Uh and <laughs> entertainment is like much rougher, but it's sort of like honestly, uh so I've also been watching Showa, this like eight wow. hour documentary. You're about, jumping way around. No, oh, no. Wow. Uh uh, okay. No, well, it's my, my about point the, about uh, no, Holocaust. The, no, the, yeah. So it's this like eight hour, like legendary documentary about the Holocaust. And I feel like this is not an apt comparison at all. But I feel like, uh, like they, no, I made such a bad comparison. I have to walk away from this. But the point <laughs> is that, like, uh, like, uh, entertainment is like, jaw-droppingly uncomfortable Uh um but it is actually like very absorbing and like i don't know i just like never it was so compelling and like one of those things that you didn't really like feel comfortable watching ever but then like i think about so many times after i've watched it um and so um yeah that's what i would recommend you uh I mean, it, it feels like something that is it. Like, I think the reason that I haven't watched it is because it seems like it's either something that I will definitely connect with or totally not connect with at all. Do you think it's? Uh, is it the sort? Of, do you do you see why people might be polarized by it? I don't know. I mean, it's not something that I like. I, it's something that like I don't even recommending it. It's not something that when I was watching it, I was like. I feel really comfortable watching this or like feel like it's really good. And yet like when you stop watching, you're like, 
I'm still like haunted by yeah. all these images and 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 like some of them were subtle and some of them were like super graphic, but I don't think it was all just like playing on you know like a the grotesque or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I actually think like there that you it, I don't think it's one or the other. I think you okay. can like have really uncomfortable feelings about it and still think it's like very compelling. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, t- tonight I'm going to recommend a movie that I swore I'd already recommended, which, but according to the Flophouse Recommends wiki, I have not. Uh, but if I'm totally wrong, you can write in and tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm going to recommend a Sam Peckinpah movie called Cross of Iron. It's uh, probably my favorite Sam Peckinpah movie. It's his only uh, his only war, uh, World War II movie. Uh, it's set on the Eastern Front. And our heroes are a ragtag group of German soldiers in World War II. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's theoretically going to be a tough movie to sell. Um, it's from uh, 1977, and uh, it has a great cast: uh, James Coburn, Maximilian Schell, James Mason, David Warner. Uh, some really great, uh, some really great old actors, um, and it tells the story of a uh, a like a an ambitious German officer who goes to that front and he is paired up with a like a veteran squad that's led by this hero uh, played by James Coburn and uh, this ambitious officer is desperate to achieve the same honor that this uh, that this decorated uh, sergeant has uh, has won a, a cross of iron, the highest possible honor. Uh, although that might be wrong, but um, he's trying to get a cross of iron, and uh, his in his quest to achieve this honor, he ends up betraying the men under his command. And it's an interesting story of uh, like ground level soldiers being betrayed by the people above them, and it eventually boils down to a massive uh battle and shootout and uh all the all the like politic and bullshit uh, politicking and bullshit just kind of goes out the window uh and yeah it's good cross of iron all right three well seven recommendations six recommend i don't know how many we got in there how i got a bunch i do i I only meant one. Okay. <laughs> okay. You'll end up the rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, what do you, we do now, Dan? Well, as you can hear, my voice is going. Yeah, so. Dan, Dan's winding down. Uh, thanks for checking out the show, guys. Uh, and yeah, you, you wanted to say something at the end. Yeah, here. I wanted to say thanks to Max Fun. Uh, if you haven't, uh, and if you haven't checked out the Max Fun family of podcasts, and you like podcasts, please go check them out. There's plenty of great shows on there, and they've just added a bunch of new ones, like The Greatest Generation. That's right. Uh, there's a bunch of other recent additions, like the Beef and Dairy Network, which is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, there's Still Buffering, a show about hashtag Teen Life. Uh, there's all kinds of other great shows. The the entire McElroy catalog of shows. Go check out uh, the Max Fun shows. They're fun. Um, and we would also like to say, if you get a chance and you're on your computer and you want to see uh, a little bit of images to go along with our beautiful words, you should go check out the Flophouse Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, just put in search under YouTube, the Flophouse Podcast. And that uh, YouTube channel is being 
In addition to us, it's being uh, kind of managed by a artist, uh, Tony Oker, who handles a lot of the animations on there, uh, which are great, and they're a lot of fun. And he adds a new one about every month or so. And to kind of support that, uh, he has set up a Patreon, um, which uh, you can contribute to. And it is a Patreon to support him doing his artwork. Um, And for Patreon supporters, there's a bunch of cool uh, benefits or bonuses, like extended versions of some of the past videos and upcoming videos. Uh, I think it's actually just upcoming videos, subsequent videos. Uh, You get a chance to vote on uh, which of your favorite Flophouse bits, all of our classic bits that you would want him to animate. Um, You might be able to appear in one of his videos. You can get your name in the credits. Uh, Get some sneak previews, work in progress drawings, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, And his art is great and super impressive, and it's kind of an honor every time he throws one of his things together that he takes our stupid little things and makes it into something genuinely awesome. Yeah. And before we go, also, we should mention our first uh, show on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Flophouse is leaving New York, and we are going to... Washington D.C. Washington D.C. Our nation's capital. Political. Uh, in August, uh, on August the fifth, that's a Friday at nine p.m. We will be playing Black Cat Theater in Washington D.C. Uh, tickets are now available. If you go to the Flophouse site, um, there should be in the show notes a link to that. If I forget, there's a blog post that talks about the live show already there. So uh, you can get tickets there. It's 20 bucks to see us. Sorry that it's a little more expensive than when we do things in, the, in New York. we got to cover our uh, costs for Don't travel. Don't apologize, dude. You're worth it. You're worth 20 bucks, Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Uh, but that's going to be going on in August. So please, if you live in the D.C. area or if you're nearby, yeah, come out come and, visit. and see a live show. Um, but that being said, we should sign off. Yeah. Um, it's been a delight Yay. having Hallie back. Thanks again. for coming on, Hallie. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And uh, for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. Hell yeah, you have been. And I'm going to be Stuart Wellington forever. And for a time, I will be Hallie Hagland. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Talking to the microphone. Yeah, you don't want to be all. Sh- uh, it was shitty last time, right? Yeah. How does it sound right now? Right now, but judging by the waveforms, it sounds. Terrific. Seems okay. You don't want to go back and double check. There's no like clicks or boops. Some boops and bleeps. Boops and bleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Maximum Fun.